Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Everyone has a life story to tell. Did you know that? Every single one of us has a life story to tell. Now, many don't like to tell their life story. And even more, when they do tell their life story, they leave out details. They leave out certain people. They leave out certain events. They leave out certain choices. And the reason they do this is because they are not proud to tell the life story that they have to tell. But we all have a life story that we eventually have to tell. If you're young, one day you'll have to tell that story to your future spouse. You'll have to tell that story to your kids. So if our life story is a story that we eventually have to tell, how can we live in such a way that we are actually proud to tell the life story that we're living. How can we be proud to say, this is, this is what my life has been. This is what I did in my 20s. This is what I did in my 30s. This is the kind of parent I was when my kids were little. This is the kind of spouse I was after 20 years of marriage. How can we tell a better life story? Well, a better life story is connected to better decisions. Life is made up of decisions. And decisions can either bring you joy, blessing, happiness, peace, or decisions can bring you misery, pain, and regret. So if our life story is connected to the decisions that we make, then it's evident that we need to make better decisions. I, I would like to suggest, strongly suggest, that where you are right now is the sum of your decisions. Where you are today is not by coincidence. It may not be where you want to be. It may not be where you plan to be. But you are where you are today because of the decisions that you made. Now, I know some of you would say, but, 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 but what about those, those things where somebody made a decision that I had no control of that affected my life. Okay, you got a point. But even then, you decided how you would respond to that decision that was made out of your control. So at the end of the day, every single one of us is where they are because of the decisions that they have made. And see, those things in your life that you gladly talk about, those things that you brag about, those things that you post on Facebook and Instagram and tweet about, they're very likely the result of good decisions. Those things you hide, those things you skip on when you're telling your story, those things that, 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 that you try to forget in your mind, they're very likely the result 
of poor or bad decisions. Now, can I tell you something as your pastor? I don't believe that the majority of us makes bad decisions on purpose. There might be some of you that you're addicted to bad decisions and you're a whole different problem. But, but the majority of us do not make bad decisions on purpose. The problem is not that we make bad decisions. You know what the problem is? Here's the problem. We're going to put it in the screen. The problem is that we don't have a plan on how to make good decisions. Most of us know that we don't want to make bad decisions. I don't want to be a bad parent. I don't want to parent my kids in a way that they're going to need counseling when they're older. But most of us do not have a plan to make good decisions. If I were to sit with you in a coffee table in front of you and ask you and say, how do you make decisions? What's your plan? What's your strategy? What's your process? How do you go about deciding and making decisions in your life? From small ones to big ones, do you have a plan? And the problem is that most people don't. They don't have a plan. For most people, it's a statement or feelings that decide what they decide. It's how they feel or what they believe that decides. They'll say stuff like, well, it just feels good. It's, it's, it's just something that I really want. It's not wrong or illegal, right? And yeah, you know what? I just got a gut feeling. I got a gut feeling that I need to do this. And you know, if you want to make better decisions that lead to fewer regrets, don't make decisions based on your feelings or statements. If you want to make better decisions, here it is. You have to ask better questions. Better decisions are connected to better questions. The better questions we ask, the better decisions we will make. The less or the poorer the question you ask, the worse your decision will be. Come on, not to take you down that rabbit hole that you've been trying to avoid, but, but, but think about that, that one thing you regret, the one thing that almost on a weekly basis or consistently, it's, it's just bringing regret, it's constantly reminding you of a poor uh, or, or a hurtful thing in your life, that that you're trying to regret. Think about that. When you were at the precipice of making that decision, were you asking good questions? Or were you answering poor questions? Does he like me? Well, of course he likes you. Right? Better decisions are because of good questions. In fact, the better the question, the better the decision. Now, let, 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 me, let me give you some motivation. We're going to look at those questions. But let me give you some motivation. Why we need to make better decisions and ask those really tough questions. Let me give you three big reasons, and I think you'll agree. I didn't put these in your outline, but you might want to write them down. We need to make better decisions because decisions determine the direction of our life. I already told you, where you are today is the sum of your decisions. Where you're going to be tomorrow is going to be determined by the decisions you make today. 
We need to make better decisions because they determine the direction of our life. Some of you, you're not planning on being addicted in the future, but you might decide yourself into an addicted life. Some of you, you're not planning on on a broke future, but you may be deciding yourself into a broke future today. Number two, we need to make better decisions because they not only determine the direction, but they determine the quality of our life. They determine how much joy we have. They determine how much peace we have. They determine freedom we have they determine how how happy and how 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 whole we can be and third and i think this is very importantly we need to make better decisions because our decisions impact those around us i mean come on angels spoke about this last week right a lot of us we blame our parents well, it was, it, my dad had not left my mom i think i would be different If my dad had not been a drunk, I think I wouldn't have an alcohol problem. If my parents had made better financial decisions, I would have had better opportunities at an education and so forth and so forth. None of us, none of us want to get to the point where our kids say, I wish you had done this differently. I wish you had stood up. I wish you had said something, mom. Dad, I wish, I wish you would have pushed me a little bit more to follow and love God. So, so we need to make better decisions because they determine the direction, the quality of our life, but they also impact those around us. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 18. We're going to look at this passage in the next coming weeks. And uh, we're going to be ending on our revival weekend with a third question. Um, but let's look at it and then we're, we'll look at the first question for today. Look at what Paul writes. So be careful how you what? Live. Don't live like what? Fools. I, I love one version, a version. There's a literal version that says, don't live like stupid people. Because that's what a fool is. If you look at it in the Greek, that's literally what it means. It says, don't live like fools, but live, but live like those who are what? Wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the lord wants you to do don't be drunk with wine because that will what light in the party that will give me liquor courage do not be drunk with wine because that will what ruin your life instead be filled with the holy spirit verse 15 gives us the first question that is going to help us make better decisions to have fewer regrets. Look at, look at what Paul says at the beginning. He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those that are wise. You know, the problem for many of us is that when it comes to making decisions, we are asking the wrong questions. We ask questions like, well, is it wrong? Is it illegal? Is it sinful, right? Angel spoke about that. We always want to know, how close to sin can I get? And you know what? These are the wrong questions. Asking if something is wrong or illegal or immoral, or, it's a wrong question. Because those kind of questions set the bar really low. 
That's really the motivation behind. It's a really low bar. Let me ask you this question. Would you like your spouse to ask those kind of questions? Would you like your kids to ask those kind of questions? Well, dad, is it illegal to stay out late at night? Well, is it illegal to flirt at work? No, you don't want them to ask those questions because those questions set the bar what? Really low. And, and those are poor decisions that lead to bad, those are poor questions that lead to bad decisions. But in verse 15, we have how to make a good question. And it's not, is it right or wrong? Is it illegal? Is it sinful? Is it immoral? The better question is, is it wise? Is it wise? If I'm married, is it wise to flirt at work? If I'm 18, is it wise to be out at two in the morning? Is it wise? See, because some of your greatest regret, they are the result of an unwise decision, isn't it? You went and you got a credit card and now you're still paying for it. Wasn't illegal. Wasn't wrong. But it was what? Unwise. And see, here's the danger. Unwise decisions are the gateway to regret. Nothing else will take you to regret like making unwise decisions. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35 and 36, wisdom is speaking. And look at wisdom says about itself. You can read it with me in your outline. It says, for whoever finds me, finds what? Life. And obtains, look at this, favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love what? Death. You see the difference maker that wisdom is? Wisdom leads to life. Wisdom leads, wisdom is an expression of the favor of God. And when we forsake wisdom, we end up what? Hurting ourselves. We end up with something dead in our life, whether it is a relationship, our future, our careers, uh, uh, our self-esteem. But when we're unwise, we will definitely pay for it. Now, I'm going to give you some, some practical things how to make better wise decisions. But the first thing that I would want you to understand as your pastor is very important and it's foundational and it is the reason why we're starting with this first question. And that is that to, to obtain wisdom, you need God. Right. Wisdom does not come just from age. Wisdom comes from God. And the reason we pursue the wisdom question is because in doing so, we need to pursue God. Because it is from God that wisdom comes. Let me show you some verses. Look at what Proverbs 2, 6 says. All wisdom comes from who? From the Lord. And so do common sense and understanding. And many of you, if, you're, if you've been Christian long enough, you're familiar with Psalms 111.10, right? What does it say? Fear of the Lord is the foundation of what? Now, fear is not terror. 
Fear is respect. Fear is honor. Fear is hunger. Those who honor God, those who hunger for God, those who respect God, they, they are wise. Why? Because as you pursue God, you pursue wisdom. And as you pursue true wisdom, the, the, the wisdom from heaven that James speaks about, you are pursuing God himself. See, to make wiser decisions, we need to constantly go to the one that always makes wise decisions. To make wise decisions, we need the one from whom wisdom comes. If you don't have God, it's going to be really hard for you to make wise decisions on a consistent basis. There's, there's a wisdom of God that is, that is known to all of us, that is obtainable to, to everybody. But there is a great portion of God's wisdom that is only obtained when you fear him, pursue him, follow him, and honor him. Amen. Come on, come on. Can, can we be real? Most of us, when we started making unwise decisions, what's when we started walking away from the Lord? We started skipping on here, skipping on church there, and skipping on praying, and skipping on, on reading our Bible. And when we less knew it, we were who God saved us from. Because if you walk away from God, you walk away from wisdom, and you'll end up making decisions that will bring regret to your life. So with God... As the foundation of wisdom, let me give you a few other practical ways to make wise decisions. Are you ready? Would you elbow the person sleeping next to you and tell them, wake up. You're not making a wise decision. You ready? Here's the number one. Here's the first one. To make wise decisions, you got to clear your heart. You ready for this? Of any sin. You want to make wise decisions, you got to clear your heart of any and all sin. Pastor, what does sin have to do with making wise decisions? Well, sin brings confusion and distortion to your heart and your mind. When there's sin in our heart, when there's sin in our life, it's a lot harder to hear God. It's a lot harder to perceive God's leading for our life. Wisdom and sin cannot coexist because sin wants all the opposite of what wisdom wants. Wisdom will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from wisdom. So if you, if you want to make wiser decisions on a daily basis, if you are on a precipice of making a big decision that has the potential to change your life, the first thing you have to do is examine your heart and say, what sin do I need to deal with? Because sin will cloud your mind. Now, if you're saying, well, pastor, how do I deal with sin? How do I deal with sin? I'm glad you asked that question because it's really easy. Did you know that? It's really easy. Let me give you the three steps to dealing with sin. Number one, ask God to show you. Ask God to show you. God, search my heart. Be like the psalmist and say, God, search me and see if there's anything in me that is not pleasing to you. Because sometimes, some of us, we lack conviction. 
We lack conviction. And the reason we lack it is because we're not asking God, God, show me what doesn't please you. It might be an attitude. It may be a a thought or a way of thinking. It might be a habit. It might be a thing. It might be a person. It might be a decision. And if you want to deal with sin, the first thing we do is we ask God to show us. And you know what? If you ask him, he'll show you. And you know what's the beauty about asking God that question? And they, a lot of people are afraid of asking God that question because they think of God as this angry God that is going to take his belt off and say, eh. no, God is going to show you, but he's also going to give you grace. He's also going to give you love and he's also going to give you favor because God's goal is not to shame you, but to transform you. It's the enemy who shames us. It's the enemy who makes us feel guilty. Oh, see, you're such a pervert. Look, you're you're, you're so unworthy. You're you're such a loser. God doesn't do that. God says, hey, 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 you know those wondering eyes? I don't like that. And I want to help you change that. I want to purify your heart, your thought, and your eyes so that you could be a man of honor. Hey, hey, you know that gossiping tongue? You know how how it's so easy for you to make up things and assume things on other people? I don't like that because you're my queen. You are so precious. I want to help you transform your heart so that you speak life and not gossip. So how do we deal with sin? Number one, we ask God to show us. And here's the second one. We confess it. We got to confess it. We confess it to God, we confess it to ourselves, but we have to confess it to somebody else. You confess it to a godly person, you confess it to your life group, you confess it to somebody that is discipling you, but you got to confess it because sin loses its power once it's brought out to the light. But we don't stop there. We don't stop there to deal with sin. We don't just ask God to reveal it to us and we confess it. But here's the most important one. We repent of it. We turn away from it. We walk away. We go the other direction. Let me tell you something, okay? And I want to say this very lovingly as your pastor. If you, if God shows you a sin and you feel bad about it and you confess it, but you don't change, you did not repent. You were just filled with remorse. Remorse and repent are not the same. They begin the same, but they don't end the same. The way we deal with sin is by walking away from it, by turning away from it. By, that, that's literally what repent means. Repent means to do a whole U-turn. Where if I'm going to the bar every Friday, instead of going to the bar, I come to CL instead. <laughs> Where if it's Sunday, and instead of saying, oh, what a beautiful day, let's go to the beach. Instead of having that, I say, no, you know what? It's the Lord's day. I'm going to go to church. <laughs> that's how we deal with sin. And if you want to make wise decisions, we got to deal with the sin that lingers in our heart. And let me say something. Let me say something. We all have sin we need to deal with. We all have sin that clouds our decision-making and our ability to hear and see God. Number two, to make wise decisions, you got to fill your mind with God's word. You got to fill your mind with God's word. Did you know that this is the most 
valuable and precious resource we have to making better and wiser decisions. This is God's mind in writing. If you've ever wondered, what would God do in this situation? You could go to this book and find out. If you've ever wondered, I wonder what God thinks about such and such topic. This book would tell you about it. This book will make you wiser beyond your age. You know, you can gain wisdom by experiencing it yourself. And when you do that, you, 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 you put yourself at pain and hurt and, and all the negative stuff. Or, or you could be wise about wisdom and say, I'm going to learn from the experience of others. I'm going to learn from the knowledge of God. And see, many of us make unwise decisions that lead to regret because we don't have the word of God filling our mind. The more you fill your mind with this book, the more you will make better decisions because this is God's wisdom for us. I I, want to give you guys a challenge and I want to prepare you now. I know we got some ways to the end of the year, but the last few years, I've read this book from cover to cover every year. This coming year, the Lord put in my heart to do something different and I want to invite you to do it with me. I am going to commit to memorizing one verse or verses per week so that at the end of 2023, I'm going to know 52 verses or passages by memory. Now, I know some of you guys are saying, Pastor, I'm just not good at memory. Oh, but you know all those songs they play in the radio. (laughs) And you know, you know, you know who said what and what episode and what season. So we remember what we want. So so no pressure. I'm going to do it. I'm telling you I'm going to do it. If you want to join me, join me. Let's commit to memorizing 52 verses or passages in 2023. I believe that will transform our mind. Amen? Number three, here's the third one. To make wiser decisions. You ready for this? This one's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt. We have to exercise patience. We have to, this is where a lot of us get in trouble, right? Because we're microwave people, right? You've heard me talk about the microwave, right? Microwave's supposed to heat up food so fast and some of us don't even let the microwave end. You will not find any scripture that says, ask and it shall be given to you immediately. Seek and you will find it today. No. Ask and it shall be given, but it doesn't say when. Seek and you shall find, but it doesn't say when. See, we live in in an age of hurry. We live in the age of now. And because we keep wanting things now, because things got to happen now, they got to happen today. We keep getting ourselves in trouble. Everything is about pressure, right? Everything is about pressure. 
If you ever, I remember when my wife and I were thinking about buying a car, we went to a couple of dealerships because we had never owned a new car. We didn't know what the process was. We didn't even know how much they cost. We, we always used old cars, broke cars, and we just got tired one day and we said, you know what? It'd be nice to have a car that you don't have to worry if it's going to leave you halfway or not, right? So I remember we went to dealerships and man, it's so hard to walk away from a dealership without a car, even if you don't have a down payment because they pressure you. And we live in a time where everything has to happen now. I want to lose weight now. I, I, I want to be, be well now. I want to be rich now. I, I, I want to be a great person now. And that's why we get ourselves in trouble. And listen, wisdom is always found in patience. Wisdom is always found in patience when we're willing to wait and, and just think things through and talk things through. We'll make wiser decisions. The Bible says that if you walk with the wise, you will become wise. But if you hang with fools, you will what? Become a fool. One of the things, and, and you guys know this about me, it's one of my biggest flaws. I'm very impatient. Very impatient. And I'm discipling Nathan very well. Very well, you know? We were at Melissa's birthday party yesterday, and he, for an hour and a half, he kept telling me, they're taking too long to cut the cake. They're taking too long to cut the cake. The light is taking too long. You know that I'm very impatient. But one of the things that my wife and I do when it comes to making big decisions, part of our plan is that not only do we pray about it, but we ask God to give us signs to confirm it. And we talk to wise, godly people about it. In fact, you know what I've started doing? When people pressure me to give them an answer, I tell them, if I have to give you an answer now, it's no. But if you give me time, I'll think about it. And most of us get in trouble and we make unwise decisions because we want it now. And if you're going to make wise decisions, you need to exercise patience. And then last but not least, and this is the most, I would say, very important practical point. To make wise decisions, you have to consider your three perspectives. You have to consider your three perspectives. What three perspectives, Pastor? What are you talking about? Your past your present, and your future. You, listen to me, you are a mixture of past experiences, current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams. And in light of those three perspectives, you gotta make wise decisions. For, for, for Here's the thing. For some of you, your past is a good indicator will tell you what is wise or not wise. For some of you, your current circumstance is different. So what may be wise for you is not wise for me because my current circumstances are different. What I want for the future, what I want for the future may differ from you. So what may be wise for you may not be wise for me. So, so if you want to make wise decisions, you have to consider your three perspectives. Let's look at each one individually. Is that okay? The first one is your past. 
Here's the question to ask. Here's the question to ask. In light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing for me to do? In light of what I lived, in light of what I've happened, in light of the choices that I've already made, in light of the pain that I've already experienced, in light of what I've seen work and not work, what is the wise thing for me to do? You've dated non-Christian boys and none of them have worked out. Is it wise to date another one? You've got to get stuff in credit and you told yourself, I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to pay for it. Is it wise for you to still get stuff in credit? See, if you ask, is it right or wrong? You're going to get a different answer than if you ask, is it wise? Some of you, because, because of the choices you made when you were young, Wisdom will tell you that there are certain things you shouldn't do today. I've always said the Bible does not condemn drinking. It condemns drunkness. But for some of you, because of your history, even one is unwise. It may not be wrong, but it's unwise because it will lead you to sin. So you got to ask this question. In light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing to do? Here's the second perspective. You're present. In light of my present circumstances, what is the wise thing for me to do? If, if, if you just got divorced less than a year ago, is it, should you be dating already? I mean, it's not illegal for you to. But is it wise? Is it wise to jump into another relationship if you haven't healed or addressed the issues in your heart of your past relationship? If, 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 you're, if you're young and you're beautiful and you're just good looking and you've got all kinds of uh, hormones running through your body, is it wise is it wise for you and your girlfriend or boyfriend to go on weekend trips by yourselves? Is it wise? <laughs> In light of my present circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? And then the last perspective, your future. In light of my future, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? I hope you have future. I hope you have dreams and hopes for your future. I hope there's things that you say, you know, when I'm 30, when I'm 40, when I'm 60, this is my preferred future. Well, in light of those things, what is the wise thing to do? Can I tell you something? I don't know if you've noticed. Some of you have. Many of you haven't. But I've been losing weight. And uh, the reason I did it is not, number one, because I want to look good, although I do, I do. I, I, I like putting certain shirts and, uh, you know, looking better. But the number one reason I did it, the number one reason I did it is that I want to be in ministry for a long time. And I want to be around my wife and my kids a long time. And I decided that I didn't, forgive me, forgive me. I know this is going to be tough, but it's just my crazy thinking, okay? I decided that I'm not going to be one of those people that eats crazy and then says, Lord, heal me of diabetes. 
I decided that I was not going to be one of those people that put the responsibility of God and didn't use the wisdom that God gave us to make the tough choices to not be in that place. So what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Do you want to be around your kids when they're 18? Do, do, do you want your wife and you to like each other after your kids are long gone? What is the wise thing to do today? In light of those things that you want for your tomorrow, who, what, where could be a danger that could sabotage and steal those dreams and hopes of your tomorrow? Teenagers, listen to me. Don't make decisions today that will stay with you through your 20s and your 30s. Parents, don't make decisions towards your kids that are going to drive your kids away from you once they have the ability to walk away. Church, don't, don't pay for your tomorrow. Don't pay for your today with your tomorrow by buying things you don't need and you can't afford. Is it wise in light of my future hopes and dreams? What is the wise thing to do? I remember Chick Hearns said this. I don't know if you know who Chick Hearns is. Is the that now um, he he's passed away. He's the he was the radio broadcaster for the uh, for the Lakers. I remember Chick Hearns in on one occasion said this. He said, "You can't win a game. You can't win a basketball game in the first quarter. But you can lose the game in the first quarter. Right." We could sabotage our future so much today that we are not able to get up and change it tomorrow. So if you want to make better decisions, don't ask, is it right or wrong? Ask, is it wise? Deal with sin. Get your mind filled with God's word. Exercise patience and consider the three perspectives. Let me finish with this. You know what the enemy to wisdom is? The greatest enemy? Your excuses. And you're really good at them, right? Angel spoke about them. He, I loved what he said. He says, we're great salesmen, great saleswomen. We know how to sell ourselves short. The greatest threat to the wisdom, to exercise the wisdom makes your excuses because you're so good at coming up with excuses. Oh, my phone is so old and, you know, if I had the new one, I would be able to work faster and I would be able to answer. We're so good. And you know what's the danger with our excuses? That we make them so believable. We make them really believable. But, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Excuses will only take you to regret. And once you get there, they don't provide a way out. Come on, think about it. Think about it. Whatever regret you have right now, think about the excuse you told yourself. And while it helped you get into the dilemma you're in, it can't help you get out. Now, now that your heart is broken, it doesn't help to say, oh, but he was so cute. Now, now that MasterCard is constantly calling you and you can't afford to even put gas to go to work, it doesn't help to say, but I qualified. Because excuses are only good to get us to regret. And once we're there, they provide no help in getting out. So don't ask, is it, why? Don't ask, is it, 
is it easy? Don't ask, is it illegal? Don't ask, you know, can anybody stop me? Ask, is it wise? And if you say, hey, pastor, I'm just not a wise person. I got a wonderful verse for you. And I'll end with this. Look at what James 1, 5 says. If you need wisdom, ask who? Our generous God, and he will what? Give it to you. God, my boyfriend's in that car, and he's asking me to go to the mountains. I really want to go. God, give me wisdom. You know, you know what God will do? He'll give you wisdom. He'll send the cops to help you too. God, God, she's flirting with me, God. She's flirting with me. I'm married and my wife is awesome, but she's flirting with me. Give me wisdom, God. You know what he'll do? He'll give you wisdom. God, that TV's on sale. That TV's on sale. And see the Dodgers win the World Series on a 70-inch would be magnificent. But God, I need wisdom because, because I haven't even paid my rent. You know what God will do? He'll give you wisdom. We don't have wisdom because we don't ask for it. And if we ask God for it, he'll give it to us generously. You want to make better decisions and have fewer regrets? Make the mature question. Make the Jesus question. Is it wise? We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.